Chapter number thirty three of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Is about the Maison Lenard. The big, rather severely but well furnished room overlooked the busy Boulevard des Capucines in Paris. In front lay the great white facade of the Grand Hotel. Below was all the bustle, life, and movement of Paris on a bright, sunny afternoon. Within the room at a large mahogany table sat four grave-faced men, while a fifth stood at one of the long windows, his back turned to his companions. The short, broad-shouldered man looking forth into the street, in expectancy, was Monsieur Goslin. He had been speaking, and his words had evidently caused some surprise, even alarm among his companions, for they now exchanged glances in silence. Three of the men were well-dressed and prosperous-looking, while the fourth, a shriveled old fellow, in faded clothes which seemed several sizes too large for him, looked needy and ill-fed as he nervously chafed his thin bony hands. Next moment they all began chatting in French, though from their countenances it was plain that they were of various nationalities, one being German, the other Italian, and the third, a sallow-faced man, had the appearance of a Levinite. Goslin alone remained silent and watchful. From where he stood, he could see the people entering and leaving the Grand Hotel. He glanced impatiently at his watch, and then paced the room, his hand thoughtfully stroking his gray beard. Only half an hour before, he had alighted at the Gare du Nord, coming directly from far off Glencardine, and had driven there in an auto cab to keep an appointment made by telegram. As he paced the big room, with its dark green walls, its turkey carpet and somber furniture his companions regarded him in wonder they instinctively knew that he had some news of importance to impart there was one absentee until his arrival goslin refused to say anything the youngest of the four assembled at the table was the italian a rather thin keen-faced dark-moustached man of refined appearance madonna mia he cried raising his face to the frenchman why what has happened this is unusual. Besides, why should we wait? I've only just arrived from Turin, and haven't had time to go to the hotel. Let's get on. Avante. Not until he is present, answered Goslin, speaking earnestly in French. I have a statement to make from Sir Henry, but I'm not permitted to make it until all are here. Then, glancing at his watch, he added, his train was due at East Station at 4.58. He should be here at any moment. The shabby old man, by birth a Pole, still sat chafing his chilly fingers. None who saw Antoine Volkonsky, as he shuffled along the street, ever dreamed that he was head of the great financial house of Volonsky Frères of Petersburg, whose huge loans to the Russian government during the war with Japan had created a sensation throughout Europe. And surely no casual observer looking at that little assembly would ever entertain suspicion that, between them, they could practically dictate to the money market of Europe. The Italian seated next to him was, was the commentador Rudolf Cusini, head of the wealthy banking firm of Montmartini of Rome, which ranked next to the Bank of Italy. Of the remaining two, one was a Greek from Smyrna, and the other, a rather well-dressed man with longish gray hair, Joseph Freundmayer of Hamburg, a name also to conjure with in the financial world. The impatient Italian was urging Goslin to explain why the meeting had been so hastily summoned when, without warning, 
the door opened and a tall distinguished man with carefully trained gray mustache and wearing a heavy traveling ulster entered ah my dear baron cried the italian jumping from his chair and taking the newcomer's hand we were waiting for you and he drew a chair next to his the man addressed tossed his soft felt traveling hat aside saying the wire reached me at my country house outside vienna where i was visiting but i came instantly and he seated himself while the chair at the head of the table was taken by the stout frenchman messieurs goslin commenced and speaking in french began apologizing at being compelled to call them together so soon after their last meeting the manner however is of such urgency he went on that this conference is absolutely necessary i am here in sir henry's place with a statement from him an alarming statement our enemies have unfortunately triumphed what do you mean cried the italian starting to his feet simply this poor sir henry has been the victim of treachery those papers which you my dear volonsky brought to me in secret at glencardine a month ago have been stolen stolen gasped the shabby old man his gray eyes starting from his head stolen dear think what that means to us to me to my house they will be sold to the ministry of finance in petersburg and i shall be ruined ruined not only you will be ruined remarked the man from hamburg but our control of the market will be at an end and together we lose over three million roubles said goslin in as quiet a voice as he could assume the six men those men who dealt in millions men whose names every one of them were as household words on the various bourses of europe and in banking circles men who lent money to reigning sovereigns and to states whose interests were world-wide and whose influences were greater than those of kings and ministers looked at each other in blank despair we have to face this fact as sir henry points out to you that at petersburg the department of finance has no love for us we put on the screw a little too heavily when we sold them secretly those three argentine cruisers we made a mistake in not being content with smaller profit yes if it had been a genuinely honest deal on their side remarked the italian but it was not in russia the crowd made quite as great a profit as we did and all three ships were sent to the bottom of the sea four months afterwards added fronmeyer with a grim laugh that isn't the question goslin said what we have now to face is the peril of exposure no one can of course allege that we have ever resorted to any sharper practices than those of other financial groups but the fact of our alliance and our impregnable strength will when it is known arouse the fiercest antagonism in certain circles no one suspects the secret of our alliance the italian ejaculated it must be kept kept at all hazards each man seated there knew that exposure of the tactics by which they were ruling the bourse would mean the sudden end of their great prosperity but this is not the first occasion that documents have been stolen from sir henry at glencardine remarked the baron conrad de hetzendorf i remember the last time i went there to see him he explained how he had discovered his daughter with the safe open and some of the papers actually in her hands unfortunately that is so goslin answered there is every evidence that we owe our present peril to her initiative she and her father are on bad terms and it seems more than probable that though she is no longer at glencardine 
she has somehow contrived to get hold of the documents in question at the instigation of her lover we believe how do you know that the documents are stolen the baron asked because three days ago sir henry received an anonymous letter bearing the postmark of london e c enclosing correct copies of the papers which our friend volonsky brought from petersburg and asking what sum he was prepared to pay to obtain repossession of the originals on receipt of the letter continued goslin i rushed to the safe to find the papers gone the door had been unlocked and relocked by an unknown hand and how does suspicion attach to the girl's lover asked the man from hamburg well he was alone in the library for half an hour about five days before he called to see sir henry while he and i were out walking together in the park it is believed that the girl has a key to the safe which she handed to her lover in order that he might secure the papers and sell them in russia but young murray is the son of a wealthy man i've heard observed the baron certainly but at present his allowance is small was goslin's reply well what's to be done inquired the italian done echoed goslin nothing can be done why they all asked almost in one breath because sir henry has replied refusing to treat for the return of the papers was that not injudicious why did he not allow us to discuss the affair first argued the levantine because an immediate answer by telegraph to a post office in hampshire was demanded goslin replied remember that to sir henry's remarkable foresight all our prosperity has been due surely we may trust in his judicious treatment of the thief that is all very well protested volonsky but my fortune is at stake if the ministry obtains those letters they will crush and ruin me sir henry is no novice remarked the baron he fights an enemy with his own weapons remember the greek deal of which the girl gained knowledge he actually prepared bogus contracts and correspondence for the thief to steal they were stolen and passing through a dozen hands were at last offered in athens the ministry there laughed at the thieves for their pains let us hope the same result will be now obtained i fear not goslin said quietly the documents stolen on the former occasion were worthless the ones now in the hands of our enemies are genuine but said the baron you goslin went to live at glencardine on purpose to protect our poor blind friend from his enemies i know said the man addressed i did my best and failed the footman hill knowing young murray as a frequent guest at glencardine the other day showed him into the library and left him there alone it was then no doubt that he opened the safe with a false key and secured the documents then why not apply for a warrant for his arrest suggested the commendator cusini surely your english laws do not allow thieves to go unpunished in italy we should quickly lay hands on them but we have no evidence you have no suspicion that any other man may have committed the theft that fellow flockhart for instance i don't like him added the baron he is altogether too friendly with everybody at glencardine i have already made full inquiries flockhart was in rome he only returned to london the day before yesterday no everything points to the girl taking revenge upon her father who i am compelled to admit has treated her with rather undue harshness personally i consider mademoiselle very charming and intelligent 
they all admitted that her correspondence and replies to reports were marvels of clear concise instruction every man among them knew well her neat round handwriting yet only goslin had ever seen her the frenchman was asked to describe both the girl and her lover this he did declaring that gabrielle and walter were a very handsome pair whatever may be said remarked old wolonsky the girl was a most excellent assistant to sir henry but is of course the old story a young girl's head turned by a handsome lover yet surely the youth is not so poor that he became a thief of necessity to me it seems rather as though he stole the documents at her instigation that is exactly sir henry's belief goslin remarked with a sigh the poor old fellow is beside himself with fear and grief no wonder remarked the italian none of us would care to be betrayed by our own daughters but cannot a trap be laid to secure the thief before he approaches the people in russia suggested the crafty levantine yes yes cried volonsky his hands still clenched the ministry would give a hundred thousand roubles for them because by their aid they could crush me crush you all remember their names are there names of some of the most prominent officials in the empire think of the power of the ministry if they held that list in their hands no said baron in a clear distinct voice his gray eyes fixed thoughtfully upon the wall opposite rather think of our positions of the exultation of our enemies if this great combine of ours were exposed and broken myself i consider it folly that we have met here openly to-day this is the first time we have all met save in secret and how do we know but some spy may be on the boulevard outside noting who has entered here me diavale gasped cusini striking the table with his fist and sinking back into his chair i recollect i passed outside here a man i know a man who knows me he was standing on the curb he saw me his name is crail felix crail is he still there cried the men as with one accord they left their chairs and dashed eagerly across to the window crail cried the russian in alarm where is he see the italian pointed out see the man in black yonder standing there near the kiosk smoking a cigarette he is still watching he has seen us meet here ah said the baron in a hoarse voice i said so to meet openly like this was far too great a risk nobody knew anything of lenard et morale of the boulevard des capuchines except that they were unimportant financiers to-morrow the world will know who they really are messieurs we are the victims of a very clever ruse we have been so tricked that we have been actually summoned here and our identity disclosed the five monarchs of finance stood staring at each other in absolute silence End of chapter 33